Welcome back to Highlighted, the All Sports Culture Podcast. I'm Sully. We got Sam. We got Kurt. I may sound like a potato still, but I'm not looking like a potato. We got a camera upgrade, so we're looking good, I got to say. But uh, let's move into our first topic. You know, who else is looking good? Tua. And he, he just got announced as a starter. Fitzpatrick to the bench. This thing, this is big because it's not just, you know, this is obviously to his team. Everyone knows that. But this is bigger than that because Fitzpatrick was, you know, he didn't start off the season great, but he's done pretty good the past couple games. And he even said himself he felt like this was his team, one of the uh, first places he's felt like that since Buffalo. That was a long time ago. He's a journeyman. He's been through a lot of teams. He really bought in in Miami, and they benched him. You know, uh, I mean, I can open it up to you guys. What did you think about the benching? Did you think it was warranted? Did you think it was the right time? What do you guys think? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I disagree with – the benching I don't think it really should have came in this game but like at the same time like it was gonna happen like this season so while Fitzpatrick has every right to be upset and obviously like we stated it was his team he felt like he did a good enough job to still have the starting position I think he in the back of the mind should have known that it was going to come this season and while me and him and probably others out there disagree with the timing of it I think that it was eventually going to come. And Tua, you know, with Miami, the whole tank for Tua thing that they went on for the year or even two years, um, they didn't really, I guess you could say, tank for him not to play his rookie year. So it was going to come, and I'm uh, not surprised by it per se, but I'm just, I guess, I disagree with it. I disagree with you. I actually fully agree <laughs> with the idea of them playing Tua. Because, you know, their whole season last year, everyone going into 2019 expected the Dolphins to just be dog shit because they were selling everyone off. They traded Minka, which was their first round pick the year prior. And everyone was just like, all right, the Dolphins are tanking. Let's write them off. And they were really bad at the start of the year. You guys remember, but then in the last, I think, eight games, they went four and four, five they and went three. five and four in the last nine. Five and four in the last nine. Yeah. And that's what, and Brian Flores came out as what looked like a good coach because he had probably one of the worst rosters in the NFL. And all that went towards getting to a tag of Iloa. And I love Tua coming out. And I think him in this offense is going to be an upgrade for the most part. Now, the thing with what you were saying about Fitzpatrick playing well and you disagreeing with the benching because he's playing well, I kind of disagree with that sentiment because he's still making a ton of brutal mistakes. This offense hasn't been scoring at the volume that it could be scoring at. Let me, all right, let me interrupt you for a second. Even though it's highly scored, it's one of its most productive I didn't say ever. he was playing well. I said he was playing well enough not to get benched. But the thing yeah. is, I would rather have my rookie quarterback making his mistakes and growing rather than just having him sit and, you know, having the same kind of, like, not yeah, well, as much progress, if you get what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, I get it. I, get I think he opens up – I think Tua opens up the playbook a lot more than Fitzpatrick was because Tua and – uh Back in 2018, he ran a shit ton of RPO, and Fitzpatrick was awful at it this year. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick has 11 
are the second most turnover worthy plays this year, which is horrible. And I think Tua is going to clean that up. He wasn't inherently that good against the Jets this week, even though it was a shutout. He had a lot of uh, dropped interceptions. I mean, there was the butt interception. I mean. Iconic. Yeah, my, my thing about uh, – so this is, this is my viewpoint on it. I think it was a week too early. I think that if Fitzpatrick was playing against the Rams, he would not have had a great game. They would They're going to lose to the Rams. This was just my prediction if Fitzpatrick was starting. And, you know, I don't want to throw Tua into a situation where, yes, he's been a guy who's gotten hurt before. He's had a major uh, injury that people didn't even know if he'd be able to come back from. He's obviously came back from it. But now you got to play him against Donald and the Rams defense, who's pretty solid. I think if you wait one more week, um, yes, it's the bye week. I understand that. That's also kind of a positive for putting him in now. But at the same time, I do agree that he needed to come in in the next at least three weeks because the Dolphins, not saying they would do this, but, you know, and they're not going to have a great pick, but they do have tons of draft capital. If you throw two in there and he looks really, really bad, they could take a QB in the draft. Not saying that's going to happen, but it's definitely an option for how much draft capital they have. So I do agree that he definitely needed to have, you know, six to seven games underneath his belt this year. Well, I kind of – what Kurt said about Fitzpatrick playing well enough, I don't think their decision to start Tua should be based upon Fitzpatrick's level of play. I think it should be based on if Tua is ready or not. and. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's ready. the thing, here's the thing though. If, For the most part, yeah. Because if Miami is – and I understand this is not ex- really what's going on, but, like, if let's say for the next couple of games Fitzpatrick's in a situation where, like, he's playing really well and the Dolphins are winning games. Even if two is ready, they're going to continue to play with Fitzpatrick because Miami's in a position where they can make the playoffs. I agree. It's making a winning culture for the most part, but at th- the same time – I think it's, it's like, a little bit of both. Like, if Tua is – ready to play you have to take that consideration but at the same time if Fitzpatrick's in a position where he's winning games and playing well to maintain the starting position it's unfair for him to get benched now I enter that's not really what's going on right now I mean like we said Fitzpatrick is not really playing that well and I don't think that you know even though they still technically are in playoff contention I don't really think us three think they're going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. so I do understand it from that aspect, but I, like you were saying, though, I think that if Fitzpatrick was playing well, they would rock with him instead of just waiting on Tua's readiness. I am a little bit scared of Tua behind this offensive line, though. Like, yeah, yeah because all the Finns fans will say, oh, our offensive line's been so much better this year. The pass blocking is so much better. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick is throwing the ball at such a fast rate. He's getting it out at, like, 2.4 seconds which is ridiculously right. quick. And I don't know if you guys – unblock horribly. So. Uh, yeah, I sent something in the chat. I don't know if you guys saw. It was just basically like the main reason why the Dolphins' offensive line is that good is basically what you just said, is because Fitzpatrick's ability to throw at such a fast speed mm-hmm. is something you have to take into consideration. Now, it's, I would say, better, but is it good? No. Yeah, it, it's better. Yeah. And I think if you have a quarterback that – likes to extend plays a lot more then it would show up and I I think what hurt Tua in college is when he would try to extend plays those were the plays where he just wasn't as good when he's rather in the flow of the system I mean he got hurt on one of those plays where he tried to extend it that's when he broke his hip 
So I'm a little bit skeptical, but he in Alabama did get the ball out really damn quick. I think it was quicker than what Fitz is doing it at right now. So honestly, he could probably fit right into this offense really well. But I'm also seeing some Dolphins fans expecting him to play at the level Deshaun Watson played at when he was coming out, uh, when he started playing. for. Well, the- I mean, Deshaun Watson in his rookie year was like the next coming of Christ. He was unbelievable. It was before like four touchdowns, touchdowns, five touchdowns. I, I was going like, to mention this earlier, and now it's the perfect time to say it. But like if Tua struggles early, like don't panic. And it's going to, I think, happen. And that's because exa- I know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. He's not going to play up to the extent as some people think he will. And everyone's going to be like, oh, I have so many question marks on Tua, which is fine. I mean, if you're drafting Tua at number five, I know, like you said, Sully, like you were saying how. I was just, I know what you're going to say. The young yeah. QB is how they're like playing really well. And now no. people have such high no, expectations. I was going to say like. Yeah. Okay, never mind. You're, <laughs> I was going to say like you said earlier they could go down the QB route, which I in no way see that happening whatsoever. Even if he doesn't play well, I think that they yeah, will take – Yeah, have to be horrible. Right. Unless and the Texans are bad enough to get them the first overall pick. They're not yeah. going to – Imagine. Like – and Tua's crazy. awful in his – Imagine race. they have Tua and Trevor. Trevor. Wait, okay. QB battle. I, I, okay, we'll spend like 30 seconds on it because I know this won't happen. But if the Texans – like. Do give the Dolphins number one. Would you go Trevor? Yeah. Probably. It depends I mean, on it how depends Tua, how Tua plays. Yeah, and you it, could also trade the first pick, and they could have almost every pick in the first round probably. Like, yeah, just trade back <laughs> one spot and take Sewell, and you still get a shit ton exactly. of assets. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And that would help Tua. I saw, like, I don't know where I saw it, but I saw this segment that was like, which team right now, regardless of how good you are, would take Trevor right now? You'd be surprised. It'd be it's like a lot of teams. You would say, yeah, mm-hmm. just shows how good he is. Well, because it's I mean a rookie quarterback that plays like an All Pro on a rookie contract, contract. not a rookie quarterback, a rookie a contract quarterback that plays like an All Pro is probably the most valuable thing in the NFL. So it's like nowadays for sure, yeah, because yeah. a lot of teams are trying to build the best roster and then get a rookie quarterback in there so they can pay a ton of guys because yeah, they think everyone's going to be Mahomes, but not. have you guys seen <laughs> i feel bad the questions are already flying in for darnold they're like how do you feel about all the trade or how about the um the quarterback rumors and yeah. he's just like i have to focus on next game and getting a win i'm like i feel so bad for you sammy yeah like, you, you know should have sent him the clip from max brown I know he should. <laughs> hey man, Sam, you'll be out of there sooner. Oh, he's gonna flourish. You'll be, you'll be in blue and white, baby, behind that Colts offensive line. We hope. Well, let's talk about a team that also could be in contention for a quarterback, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Jesus, I mean, let's talk about this failure of a season from them because today, this morning, they traded Yannick Ngakwe to the Baltimore Ravens. And they traded, and they got back in return a third-round pick and a conditional fifth. Now, does that sound weird to you? Because back in uh, August, they traded for Yannick, and they traded a second-round pick and a conditional fifth. So basically, they dropped back a whole round for six games of Yannick. And and he wasn't even playing bad. Uh, I'd say his I mean, sacks are kind of misleading. There are a lot of coverage sacks. And they trade him for a lot less than what they initially sent him off for. And you could have just gotten the comp pick and seen if you wanted to extend him. 
I, I mean, that wouldn't have been that bad of an idea. And also, the Vikings now seem like they're going to just tank because their GM came out this morning and was like, hey, guys, he wouldn't commit to the rebuild, but he said he pointed to them having the one of the best running backs in the league as a reason why they're not tanking, but he wouldn't point out to Kirk, you know, they're kind of screwed. Like They are, yeah. And that second-round pick is probably going to be top 40, top 45. And that Baltimore third is probably going to be in the 90s, which is just oof. oof. How many years does Kirk have on his contract, too? He just got extended, and he's guaranteed $44 million in 2022. So they have him locked up for at least two more years, and they just extended Zimmer and Spielman. And now their defense sucks. They have no pass rush because Hunter just decided to get Hunter's out for the season. Yeah, yeah, so he's out for the season now. And their offensive line is just brutal. And their defense wasn't even that good to begin with. No, yeah. Their I, defense was pretty mediocre. Yeah, so I am fully expecting them to be in the quarterback market this this draft because I don't think they're going to be expecting themselves to pick in the top 10 like anytime soon after this year. So what do you guys think about that? Well, what are they going to do with Kirk? I guess just sit Trey or Justin. I don't know. That's not a bad idea, actually. I mean, I think but, they can get out from Kirk after one year. One year, yeah. Money, yeah. I mean, you got to do that if you're going to rebuild. But, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say. Uh, my point on the Vikings, you pretty much hit it on the head. They're – I mean, you just said the GM basically said they're not tanking. but. Uh, they kind of are. They suck. Everyone knows that. They were disappointed going into the year, coming off the Saints playoff win. They, you know, they were riding high. Definitely a little bit of a hangover. But um, as for the Ravens, this is an interesting move. A little part of me, you know, I don't want to do any Lamar slander, but you got to get all these defensive pieces for Lamar. I mean, come on, you that, you know, come on. I don't know. It seems like they're a little scared that Lamar can't, you know, win the big games by himself. Not by himself, but I mean, the Ravens' defense is already ridiculous. It's not like you needed it like Ngakwe. But, I mean, it's obviously – it was a good move by them, I think, because now it's – adding a player like that midseason is ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. I, th- I like it for the Ravens. The Vikings kind of – you know, it's it was a bad move when you look back on it all the way because they obviously moved back that um, from the second to the third. But at the same time, it might be the right move for the future. Uh, yeah, I mean – I want to look at it from the Ravens' perspective. Um, they're pretty much just going all in at this moment. Um, Eric DaCosta is the best general manager in football. The way he's able to just get so many valuable players, and it's just incredible. But looking at it from the Vikings' perspective, it's just I don't understand what – I mean, I know we talked about how they're kind of heading into like a rebuild mode, but like the direction they're heading in is just so weird and so confusing. I don't know what's going to happen with them because like we talk about, we don't know what's going to happen with Kirk. And if it continues what he's been playing like for the first couple of games, then you would expect the quarterback in the draft, but you don't know if that's going to happen. Cause you know, even though QB is a need, there's still other needs on that team. So who knows what they're going to go in the first round of the draft. Um, but I mean, it just seems like a weird trade. It kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but mm-hmm. That's all I really have to say. I think you guys covered it well. Yeah, a lot of people were kind of like wanting Zimmer and Spielman to be fired. 
And I think this move kind of just seals that they're safe because I don't think the ownership would be like, like, I don't think they would allow them to sell if their jobs weren't on the line. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. They're going to go for a retool, but their roster right now needs a lot more than retooling because they just re-upped Kirk. Their offensive line is brutal. Justin Jefferson is like the only bright spot on that offense. Oh, he's a stud. He's, he's great. Such... He's great. Um, and well, I would say he's the only bright spot. I mean, Thielen's been great this year. Dalvin Cook's obviously I, I mean, for like the future. I mean, for like yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess Brian O'Neill too, and Garrett Bradbury hasn't been awesome. He's been all right. And then you go over to the defense; they have absolutely no one there now. Their corners are bad. They have. Eric Kendricks, who's good. Now their defensive line is just brutal. Now Hunter's out, so like they're not going to generate any pass rush, and they have that safety duo back there, but Anthony Harris is going to be gone because they can't afford to pay him. And the Vikings, I think from neck going into this offseason where the cap's dropping, I think they're like $40 million over the cap or something crazy like that. Yeah, so like I have no idea what the hell they're going to do because they're going to try and rebuild, but they have so much money tied up. It's like the same thing for the Falcons who whooped their ass this week. You know, the Falcons have so much money tied up to this current team. It's hard to rebuild. You know, it's, it's kind of the same thing for the Vikings. And I, I don't know. It's just an interesting situation. Yeah, it's definitely not looking good for them. But, um, you know, who else it's not looking good for? Mike McCarthy. I mean, this guy's getting hammered uh, basically by his own team. It just reports came out uh, after, you know, it's basically the reports made it seem like the Cowboys players have been thinking this for a while, but they just came out because, you know, of the ugly defeat against the Cardinals and the rough start to the season. Obviously, Dak going down is going to kill your spirits. But they basically said McCarthy's not prepared. The entire coaching staff. Um, I'm pretty sure they said about the entire coaching staff, not prepared, uh, just not coaching well, not teaching them anything, not making adjustments, basically every insult in the book, basically how they're incompetent. And um, I mean, I've been saying it for multiple years because we, we talked about this before we started the podcast a little bit and we're, we're obviously stick with the Cowboys for the most part and move into the NFC East. But I do want to say that I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time. Um, like the most talented. And I think McCarthy has ruined, you know, not ruined Rogers career. They obviously have the Super Bowl. They've had, you know, tons of trips to the championship games. And, but I do think that he's let him short a little bit. I think if Rogers had better coaches, he could have two, three Super Bowls. So I've been thinking for a while that McCarthy's, you know, nothing special. And he was riding the coattails of Rogers. And now with the Cowboys, even with, I mean, I understand hey, Dalton is not the best quarterback. He's average, and the Cowboys' defense is horrible. But you saw at the beginning of the year, they had Dak. They had one of the best offenses, and they still sucked. So, I think McCarthy sucks. <laughs> the Cowboys are a joke. Um, it's very pleasant to me seeing their uh, failures. It's nice. Um, but it's just, like you said, like I think people – kind of were like I think people sometimes make the I don't want to say like excuse but they're like you know with Dalton it's hard to succeed especially when we had Dak in the earlier stages but like they weren't winning games with Dak anyway and that's not like a diss towards Dak at all because obviously he was doing phenomenal in the early stages but this team is just not that good 
coaching wise, they're not that good. I was not a fan of Kellen Moore heading into the season. And that's proving my point as we go on. Uh, and then for Mike McCarthy, I think Sully summed it up perfectly for how I feel about him. Um, but it's just a shame because you look at the amount of talent they have on the offense, even with Dak, you know, it's like Dak, Zeke, you know, Gallup, Lamb, Cooper, they have so much talent and it's a shame that they can't just find a way to make it work because of how terrible the defense is. Um, it's a mess over there in Dallas. It's and great. to be fair, their offensive line is in shambles at this point. I mean, they're yeah. everyone's been injured pretty much. But you know, starting the season, they weren't a great football team. So no, I don't give McCarthy any sort of pass on this. Even with Dak yeah. injuries and the offensive line, I mean, hey, you saw it since game one. I mean, yeah. Zeke is inside his own head. Friend three paying him 16 million to just throw the ball on the ground <laughs> right for like six years i think yeah it's it's brutal that they're like like the vikings you know this team has so much money invested in what they have right now past their window because their window i think we all can agree was 2016 2017 right like when dak was hitting his stride and the defense was good and the O-line was the best in football. I mean, their O-line yeah. is the arguably the best in football when it's healthy. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. say that now, but they lost Frederick and all their tackles and Martin got hurt. It, it's just a brutal situation, and I don't know how they're going to improve this team that much once they have to pay Dak because they're probably going to pay him this offseason. He's going to be guilted into paying him. Well, yeah, but I think he played – well, yeah, he definitely played good enough to earn it. But, um, and, I, and I think a result of how Dalton's playing ultimately yeah, gets yeah. stuck. To- definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can go, Sam. I, I just wanted to say this about McCarthy. Um, as a Packers fan, I can go on for hours about my um, frustrations with that. Your love? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say this, though. Early on in his tenure, he was really damn good. The thing that hurt him as the years dwindled on is his complete lack of awareness that he needs to update his system, his offense, his personnel, his, his defense. Like he just would not change anything. And I'm being completely serious. And that also goes hand in hand with the front office. And I think the front office had a lot to do with, like you said, how, McCarthy kind of ruined Aaron Rodgers, I guess you could say, but our front office was not aggressive at all. And it was a very draft and develop conservative front office. And that kind of hurt us, but McCarthy just would not, and I mean, not accept the idea that he needed to progress because the years that we had top 10 defenses were the years we were very much in Super Bowl contention, which was 2010, which is the year we won. 2014, which is the year we should have gone to the Super Bowl, but I don't want to talk about that uh, that game. And then uh, 2016, our defense was, eh. and 2011, we had an unreal offense, but the defense was the worst in the league, which is why we lost to Sullivan over here with the Giants. Oh, but he would not fire Dom Capers, which is our DC, until 2018. I feel like. He's kind of repeating his past mistakes already. Like Mike Nolan is not a good DC. 
and he's probably not going to fire him after this year because he just doesn't understand that. He, now apparently he's an analytics-driven coach when he wasn't with us, but all he does different is just go for it on fourth down. That's all he does now, and it, he's still the same coach, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said it all. I don't. None of us like McCarthy, uh, and obviously you have the most experience with him, so sucks to be you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just a quick note. Last thing on the Dallas Cowboys, then we'll move on. Uh, you know, we are, we're huge fans of devaluing the running back. That's our thing. We always devalue the running back on this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to do it again with Zeke. You know, obviously he had the fumbling issues. That's you know a different point. He obviously needs to work on that. That alone is really bad. But guess who did great? Tony Pollard looked very, very good yeah. in his replacement, like yeah. very good. And he's on a rookie contract probably, right? I would say Tony Pollard's on a rookie contract. He, he got drafted, yeah. what, two years ago? Yeah. So, yeah. 18. So, just just a little point to throw out there. But uh, moving on, we got, I mean, Dallas Cowboys are part of the NFC East. NFC East right now is, I mean, what do I want to use? Bloodbath, war zone. It's, it's ridiculous. That's generous. Um, That's generous. Just, yeah, it's, I'd say like a – like a ball pit of like five-year-old children. <laughs> yeah, just running around, <laughs> bonking their heads on each other. But um, yeah, I mean, we we had a we had a game tonight, Giants Eagles. Uh, I want to, you know, I could say a little bit about it. I'll be up front. I only <laughs> saw around fifty percent of the snaps, but I will say, um, I got two things to say. One, I'm going to talk about the Trevor Lawrence decision for the Giants if they were to get the first pick. Um, so you guys were obviously asking me, you always ask me every single week. That's the thing, you know, that's, that's what you do when your team sucks. So you're taking Trevor Lawrence and obviously three or four weeks ago, I said, probably not. I'm going to stick with, um, I said, probably not. I'm going to stick with Daniel Jones. And the only reason I say that is because we haven't given him a ton of, a ton of time. You know, you draft someone in the top 10 quarterback, even in just the entire first round, in my opinion, you know, that's the, that's the thing you got, you kind of got to waste like almost two years on waste two years because you got to see if they're worth it. We haven't given him, you know, the opportunities to succeed because our offensive line is very, very bad. But I will say that, um, you know, as the weeks go on, I'm obviously moving towards Trevor, drafting Trevor. And that's not really because I'm losing faith in Jones. It's just, I'm seeing more of him. I'm giving him time to, you know, when you have a bad team and you have, you know, someone who you think is decently talented, who I think Jones is decently talented, um, you're looking for those spurts. We do the same thing with Darnold. The Jets suck, but we look for those exciting plays and those big-time plays that he can make, and you go, okay, if you put him in a good situation, you could probably get, you know, maybe not two a game. You get a bunch a game. You can, like, that's his normal play with a good team. So I look for the same thing in Daniel Jones, and he's, he's, you know, he's made some plays. He's decently mobile, which is what you want in today's game. And, you know, he had some pretty good throws tonight and throughout his entire career. He's had, he's had games where he's thrown for four touchdowns. Like, he's no slouch in this league. Turnovers are a massive problem for him. There's no denying it. He had an interception tonight, although it was completely Evan Ingram's fault, and he shouldn't even make it back to the locker room. Um, he should just be cut because he did drop the game-winning pass as well, uh, probably the game-winning pass. And um, other than that, I think I said I had two points, but I think that's about it on the Giants. But overall, uh, the defense is ridiculous. Penalties after penalties, just giving them chances to win the game. Um, it's Even the offense was committing penalties all over the place. And, you know, people say that Daniel Jones sucks. That's what people say when the Giants lose. But if you look at that game, they didn't lose because of Daniel Jones. If you had another quarterback in there, might have they won. 
Yeah, 100%. Another quarterback might have made more plays than Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones put them in position to win up 11 points with five minutes left, and you let up two touchdowns to an Eagles team that hasn't been that good, and they're basically playing with, like, XFL wide receivers out there. I mean, it's not actually, but kind of. It's ridiculous. Um, that, that game's on the defense for me, not Jones, although, like I said, he definitely could have done better. Yeah. That's so, my spiel on them. Um, watching the game – Jones, like you said, he didn't play bad. And I think that people are just going to look at the last play, which was the fumble that happened and ultimately gave Philadelphia the solidified win um, and use that against him. But, like, if you look at what he did throughout the whole game, he really wasn't that bad. And a lot of just, like you already talked, a lot of what I'm going to say is kind of reiterating what you're going to say. So, um, the offensive line is just so bad for you guys. And, like, it pains me because – I think that with a decent O-line, I would like to see that, to see how successful Daniel Jones could be. Like, Andrew Thomas has been so bad this year, and I was so high on him out of Georgia, but he's been terrible. So, like, if you're sitting at number two, because I know I've said, like, because I'm guessing that's going to happen with the Jets with number one. Like, if Trevor goes one, I'm probably going to take Penny Sewell. I know a lot of people are going to say, like, take Justin Fields or take a quarterback, but, like, I just don't think that's like the biggest problem watching you guys. It's just the offensive line. It's been so bad. Um, you guys really should have won this game tonight. Um, I don't know how much you guys were up. What was it like 11? With, they were up 11 with five minutes left. Which ultimately you guys should have won that game. Um, I guess respect to the Philadelphia for coming back and winning that game. But it's a shame because New York could have had first place in the division and they botched it. So it was a botch. It was a botch. But I do want to shout out Carson Wentz. That last throw to Boston Scott was, was fucking bad. chef's kiss. It was, it was a good act like he was great the rest of the game, though. He was, I won't let spin Wentz this year. Wentz hasn't been that good, but that throw was elite. He steps in some black holes and when the offensive line. The, the throw that Bradbury picked off, I was like, what are you doing he doesn't throw the ball away and it pisses the hell right out of well, me. My well, yeah, that should have been a throw away easily my, yeah my first intention was he just threw it away and then i see yeah. it just going into the ends and i'm like what the heck <laughs> okay so we'll probably get into this in our next topic about the eagles so we'll, i'll save the eagles for later but that and we just talked about dallas so i want to flip it over to just how big of a joke the nfc east is and you two both squared off last week and don't want to I talk just, about it <laughs> I, I want to go down to washington and uh ask kurt and i have a follow-up question after you talk about your game all right what did you guys how did you guys feel about that game and do you think it like kind of proved everything you thought was true i i, I guess and all the outside noise because my myself I'm so done with Daniel Jones, and I think Sully's insane for saying he wouldn't take Trevor like two weeks ago. And I think he's insane. And I also think he'd be insane to not take like Fields or Lance, but I just, okay. It's a different opinion. But the, yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I just want to say something quick, then you go. I just think that like the drop off between Trevor and Fields and Lance is so massive. It's so massive, like, but it's a QB, and I think they're way better than Daniel Jones. I, I don't know. And, but I, when I watch Jones play, I don't want to seem like I'm just like 
completely defending Sully in this instance. But, like, Jones really, I don't think it's been that terrible. I think there, it, it's what's kind of surrounded him that's been terrible. Now, has he played well? No. But I just, I just don't think that – like, if you have Sewell sitting there at two, who is one of the best offensive lineman prospects we've seen in so long, and one of your biggest problems is offensive line, like, you have to take him. I just think that's what has to be done. May I bring up, Kurt, that like one week ago you said Daniel Jones was the worst starter in the league? Well, and yeah, <laughs> I just the, – and that just goes to show like the amount of talent in the NFL when you're looking at it from a QB perspective. Like there's so yeah. much talent. And like he can I, – I think I – I still stand by what I said. I think that he's playing as one of the worst quarterbacks in football. But – it's because of kind of what's surrounding him that he's playing at that level. Like if you surrounded him, you gave him a good offensive lineman. And I know like you can make that same argument for any other quarterback, but he would just be so much better. And I'd like to see it because the Giants O-line is awful. So Kurt, I want to ask you a question kind of similar to that. And this is what I was kind of getting out with Washington. So you can kind of vent about Washington in this question too. Okay. So knowing what happened this season, and knowing how some players are playing this season, if you could go back in time to the 2020 draft with second overall, would you take Justin Herbert or Tua? No, I wouldn't. So that you would know that you at least had a decent quarterback. I, I, don't, I don't think I would. I, look, the thing with me, and I know that might, I don't know if that's a surprise, I guess, answer for some people, but Chase, he is, I, I know he was, phenomenal the first week and after that he's kind of I don't want to say like fell under the radar but not a lot of people has talked about him per se but he still is playing at a very high level even though he's not racking up the sacks that you're going to see on the stat sheet the QB pressures he's presenting is really good like you look at the Daniel Jones interception at Kendall Fuller that was all presented because of Chase Young's pressure like he does the small things like that that it really benefits this team you're Chase talking Young, about the one in the back of the end zone yeah Oh, yeah, the one that was an interception? Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, but Chase is going to be a fantastic player for this team. I expect him to be on our team for 10 years. So I want to go back and ch- – because back then and still now, it was the best player available, and I stand by that when you're drafting someone. I almost, I'm a huge believer in draft the best player available, unless it's like a huge position need, and I understand QB is a pretty big position need for us, but – I think Chase Young was the right pick. Hey, good man. Good man. I fully agree. I just wanted to kind of pose it. I was meaning to ask you that like two weeks ago, and I completely forgot. Oh, well, I'm so. glad you remembered. You now. passed the test, Kurt. <laughs> so we're going into week seven of the NFL season. Honestly, I'm shocked it's made this far with COVID, but I think it's time to you know, start looking at the playoffs, what teams we think are going to be making it, what teams are on the outside looking in. Um, we can go division by division and, you know, obviously there are a bunch of teams that we think are locks to make it so we can brush over them. So let's just go by division. Um, AFC East. I think the bills are taking this one in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, yep. so let's knock out all the division winners and then we can talk about wild cards. Okay. AFC North is an interesting one. I think there might be a little bit of debate here. Steelers, obviously five and oh, and the Ravens are five and one. I think we so, can knock both of them off. Cause I think, I think we both all agree that both of them will make the playoffs. I agree. Who do you think is going to win the division, though? Uh, I'd have to dive into their schedule. I, yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, just based on what I'm thinking right now, I honestly like the Steelers. I'm but I Ravens. obviously I haven't checked their divisions, like you said. Uh, I mean, their schedules. 
Yeah, I'll go Ravens. Steelers offense looking uh, dangerous. I'm going to go Ravens on the sole fact. I think they're going to tie in record, but I think the Ravens will have like a tiebreaker. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I think the Ravens' schedule is pretty easy. I don't know what the Steelers – Yeah, like I said, I haven't seen this. They play the NFC East and the AFC – Oh, AFC East? AFC East and NFC East. So they can – they're both going to stack wins. Yeah. So uh, that's the AFC North. AFC South. Titans for me. I don't think the Colts have a chance. I Titans. when we discuss yeah, wild card, Titans. I'll talk about the Colts. But Titans um, look great. They look so good. Yeah, you can, oh, can't. Yeah. Really, I've knocked them start like almost every week, but the last two you can't. I I have to start believing in them. Um, AFC West Chiefs, mm-hmm. Chiefs, definitely Chiefs. Okay, so now let's talk about wild cards in the AFC. Uh, we already said Steelers are getting one of them, or the or the Ravens. Whoever doesn't win that. So now we got one more. We got two more. No, no, we got two more. So contenders for that would be the Browns, Browns the Colts, Colts, Raiders, Dolphins, Raiders, and Pats, Dolphins, I think. Pats. So there's yeah. five. I have the Browns and the Raiders. I think I agree. Browns. I, I hate the Colts. We've said you've if you listen to the podcast, you know I hate the Colts. Um, I hate Philip Rivers. Like I actually, I've said it so much that I actually hate him as a person now. <laughs> I'm sure he's great. I'm sure he's a great guy. He is pretty funny. But um, yeah, Colts not for me. Um, I like the Raiders honestly. Broncos are a sleeper team though. I think. Yeah. Bro, they could not score the other I don't day. Know. The Pats. My picks would probably be Browns. I agree with Browns. And I'm teetering. See, I, I mean, like the I would go Browns Raiders. of the year. But I mean, I, Browns Raiders. Yeah, got to go Raiders. I'm going to go Raiders or Pats because I, I can't count out Belichick. I really can't. But that offense is scaring the hell out of me. It's not looking great. Yeah, definitely not good. Nikhil Harry needs to wake up. Cam wasn't looking good the other day. Kurt, maybe you can actually sign Cam because they won't want him to go. Let we'll him see. Go. We'll see. Uh, he'll be right, so... another bad offensive line. Stop. <laughs> no Washington so, slander. <laughs> moving on to the uh, NFC. We got the NFC East. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to take it. Eagles. Yeah, probably Eagles. But if Dallas – Somehow. No, no, stop. Don't uh, even know. I, so. I, I think even, it's the no. Eagles, but God. It, I don't it's, think so. Who, okay, I'm going to ask you guys this question. What amount of wins do you think they'll have for winning the division? Seven. I think seven, yeah. You're gonna be, you think it's going to be a Seahawks type no, thing? No, no way it'll be lower than six, but I could see six. I, I think six. Yeah, I think the likelihood that it's close it, that it will be closer to six than it is to nine. I could for sure see six, nine, and one for the Eagles. Yep. Oh man, that would I be that which be is insane. Brutal year because there's some teams that have ten wins and they don't make the playoffs, yeah. and they get not, home not anymore, field but... advantage. Yeah, oh my they God. get destroyed. But uh, yeah, that's the NFC least. Moving on to the NFC North, uh, Packers. Packers, definitely Packers. Yeah, I will say that, but I do think the Bears are going to make the playoffs. That's yeah, fair. me too. We'll get into NFC that. South. Um, I think the Bucks. I'm going to take Bucks. Yeah, they whooped our ass this week. Their defense is very legit. Their defense is 
ridiculously good. I mean, after Rodgers did that pump celebration, the defense knew (laughs) they had to take him out. (laughs) I was was telling Kurt on one of the episodes before the season, we had, like, breakout players or whatever, and I said Jamel Dean, and that Buck secondary is really underrated. He had the pick six, right? Yeah, and this team is – their secondary is coming on. It's really young. It's really damn good. Their linebacker duo is unbelievable. And their pass rush was demolishing us. And Rodgers was completely uncomfortable, and they cooked us. And, I, I mean, in every sense of the word, they just killed us. And their offense is looking pretty good, and their Tristan Wirfs is a stud. So, yeah, I, I go Bucks. The Saints, I could see winning still. Can't okay, really Bucks. count them out. NFC West, uh, Cardinal. I mean, not Cardinals, Seahawks. Definitely not Cardinals. Definitely Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks. Russ MVP is going. I mean, to that division continues, but yeah, my Rogers MVP guarantees took a big hit last week. I will say that. Unless Russ shits the bed, which happens times. a lot with him. To be fair, at the end of the season, he kind of falls off a little bit. It looked like he was going to do that against the Vikings in week and the Dolphins. Six. The Dolphins yeah. didn't play great. He wasn't great in either first half, and then he just went off in the second half. Yeah. yeah. So uh, moving on to wild card teams, what, what are we thinking here? So um, Saints or Bucks, we agree. Yeah. One of those yeah, two. I'm giving one to the Saints. Yeah, I'd say Bears, probably. Because the how NF- can I give one to the Bears? Okay, dude. Because the NFC West is so stacked, they have to play each other. Each of their games are six times against each other. The Bears are going against. That's true. I didn't really think about that. They're going but... against a third place schedule because they were third place last year. And the divisions we play this year are the NFC South and the NFC – or the AFC South. So both Souths. I think the Bears can pull it out. I think they'll make it. All right. Well, these are my three teams. I'm giving it to the Saints, Cardinals, and Rams. Ooh. No Niners? No. Ew. Why? Are you giving it to the Niners? Not me. I have the uh, Bears. <laughs> Not me. I have the Bears, Saints, and Rams. Thing is, I think the Niners are going to finish better than the Cardinals. See, I would see if he if I was doing this last week, I would say the Cardinals have no chance. And I guess I'm kind of falling into like fool's goal a little bit because I think the Cardinals defense. I don't think Baker was playing uh, last week. And two weeks ago, he was definitely playing last week, and he was a fucking beast last week. Um, he destroyed the Cowboys. So I think having him is a big part. He's been out. I think he missed like two or three games this year already. Um, having him changes that defense. Without him, they suck. With him, like I said, they played the Cowboys, so maybe they're still not that good. But I liked what I saw from them. Um, Kyler has not been the best, in my opinion. He started off really hot. He's been a little shaky. Um, the Cardinals are definitely like – I'm going out on a limb and they might be like a year too early for them to make the playoffs right now, but I kind of like them. I'm just not fans of the bears. I'm really not a fan. I, I, I can't get behind foals. I just can't do it. Look, man, I'm saying like, I would, I would agree with you, but they're five and one. They are five and one. That's five fucking... and... I think they, I think they win next. That's true. Too. I mean, the, the percentage yeah, of teams missing them. the playoffs at five and one is probably like 2%. Yeah, five and one. Them being five and one while playing completely ugly football on the offensive side of the ball is huge for them because they still have a record where they can have a ton of room for error if they need to. 
and yeah. their defense is playing lights out. It's been great. And I just think they will be fine and have a pretty easy time making it to playoffs. I think what it's going to come down to is the NFC West. I think that's going to be the race for the last wild card spot or one of the last. And I'm teetering between Rams or Niners. <sighs> I like the Rams. I do too. I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough. The Niners are so beat up. I'd probably lean. But the Niners just whoop the Rams. So it's kind of like. Ooh. That kind of happens, though, like in division, you know. I think the Rams, I don't know. I like the Rams. Like you said, mainly because if the Niners were fully healthy, I'm definitely taking the Niners. It's not even close, in my opinion. With Jimmy G healthy, and you know, if if Boza wasn't hurt and Thomas wasn't hurt, I mean, they're, they're yeah, shambles. They're playing a first place schedule, so I and the Rams are playing a third place schedule. Uh yeah, I'll probably go Rams, but I'm not feeling too strong about that. I think that is going to bring them to the promise line. Promise I think, line. <laughs> well, promise land being the playoffs, but I think it's so funny that Goff literally just like Goff is literally back there in shotgun, and McVay is telling them everything. <laughs> McVay is like, "All right, that guy's gonna do that. Throw to this guy. That guy's your second look. Like, it's McVay genius." Like, I'm telling McVay you, is Goff is just yeah. Goff is literally McVay is like a he's spirit just like that took over his yeah. body. <laughs> Goff is just like a he's a like a vessel to get the ball to the player, but he doesn't actually like control himself. It's it's absurd. Yeah, I, the Rams would be unreal that, if they had but, an elite quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, like that kind of you know, it only goes so far because after 15 seconds on the play clock, you can't talk to the QB. So I think it's 15 seconds. So I mean, you get a late adjustment from the defense. Goff's like he doesn't know where he is. He's like, <laughs> he's, it's like what do I do? <laughs> he's like McVay, are you there? He's like yeah. So but obviously it's not that extreme, but it definitely McVay does a lot for that team. Um, yeah, it's uh, I can't believe we let him go. That's all I gotta say. You let a lot, yeah, of, a lot of people go. We just you let, that last week. let three good head coaches go LaFleur, <laughs> McVeigh, and Shanahan. That's just that's why I don't want to count out the Niners because I love Kyle Shanahan so much and I think he can trick up a win out of his ass. All right, how about this 30 seconds, 30 second segment right here? This is the last thing. Someone today, I, I don't know who it was, but it was a big thing on Twitter. Someone said Kyle Shanahan is on Belichick's level. What do we think? That's hilarious. In what way? In what way? As a play caller? Or is it doesn't a, matter. Uh, he's not. I don't, no matter what you say, he's not. <laughs> someone said it. I have no, It was like someone very reputable. It was like someone in the – and maybe not in the NFL, but like I remember seeing it on Twitter, and it wasn't some random account. Like there was like a graphic with like a quote. I forget who it was, but uh, – I think Shanahan is the that. best play caller in the league. I agree. I think he's the best play caller. I wouldn't say he's the best head coach. Is ridiculous. Yeah, I'd say he's the best play caller. Head coach, Bill Belichick. Yeah. I agree. McDaniels well, hasn't been great this year <laughs> as their OC. Yeah, but they're kind of in shambles altogether on that offense. But that's going to be it for ASC Highlighted Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we'll be back next week with more. Goodbye.